Hello, dear listener. Are you looking for a trusted name in terror? Then please, allow me to introduce you to an award-winning author with a nightmarish imagination, Miss Crystal Connor. And welcome back to the newest corridor of the Horror Den, um, the podcast known as A Few Notes from the Author. <laughs> um, even though this is the second posting, this is our official uh, full-length podcast. Um, so I'm super excited about that, and I'm happy that you guys are here with me. Uh, for those of you who have followed me in other corridors, you already know this, but if this is your first time uh, meeting me, I'm Crystal. I uh, write horror, science fiction, dark fantasy. And I have to just let you know that uh, due to my strong personal convictions, I need to let you know that my work in every way endorses the idea of the demonic. So please note that the content here will be mature in nature and will oftentimes be entrenched within the realms of the unsettling. So if I haven't scared you off yet, um, buckle up because this is going to be um, a hell of a ride and and don't forget to follow me on my other uh, platforms. But before we get started you guys, a quick note from our sponsors. Well, actually, I like to bury them while they're still alive so I can listen to them scream as they die. And this is why award-winning author Crystal Connor is known as a trusted name in terror. As the Chief Operating Officer for the Department of Sleep Prevention, this master imaginationist is about all things horror. From writing terrifying books, reviewing horror films, acting as a sitting judge for film festivals, and podcasting. If you're looking to prevent a good night's sleep, then you've found the author that can help you with that. If you're looking for insomnia-inducing content, feel free to wander through the various corridors of the horror den at wordsmithcrystalconnor.com and listen to her podcast at a few notes from the author.com subscribe follow like and share at from the author on twitter notes from the author on instagram and tiktok and wordsmithcrystalconnor on youtube I like to get a few hours of work done before going to bed. But Jackie was out on the balcony, barking at something, someone, or some smell below. I went to bring him down off the ledge and close the doors that would silence the noises from the city below. When I got onto the balcony, I picked Jack up, and I saw a man standing right under the streetlight. I couldn't see his face or even the clothes he was wearing. Fourteen floors down, he was like a shadow within the light, looking up at us. I yelled an apology to the guy under the light, then closed and locked the French doors. Jackie jumped from my arms and went flying into the bedroom, barking all the way. As wound up as he was, I knew I wouldn't be getting any work done tonight. When I got to my bedroom, Jackie was in the window, still barking at the city's movements. I went to see what the big deal was. I thought that maybe it was another dog owner, and Jackie wanted to take a walk. But when I looked out the window, I saw that Jackie was barking at a man. 
and for a scary moment, I thought it was the same man, but it couldn't have been unless he was an Olympic track star. I own the top floor of apartment in a small but beautiful historical building that's been generously restored. The renovations were meant to be exclusive. With all the accommodations expected by those privileged few who demanded nothing from life but uncompromising luxury. My bedroom was literally on the other block. I watched him watch me and was a little relieved to see him walk away. He went into the phone booth, but Jacko was still barking at him. I was yelling at my dog to shut up when the phone rang. For some reason, I looked out the window. The man was standing in the phone booth with the phone to his ear looking up at my apartment. Jackie had it growling and stomping to his barks as if that would somehow make it for his size. The man hung up the phone and I stood watching as he dialed another number. And then I heard my cell phone ring. For the briefest of moments, I wished I had a larger dog. I felt myself digging through my Prada bag to answer my cell, even though my entire body was screaming in protest. I was slightly aware that Jack had bitten me, barely registering the warm blood dripping down my calf. The voice on the other end of the phone sounded a million light years away, despite the fact that he was standing just 14 floors below my bedroom window, which now felt far too close. The darkness. The darkness is calling me. I, I can't control these feelings. It's calling me. Prima non necessary. Remember, doctor? Do you even remember me? I used to call you mommy. The phone went dead, and my own darkness began to settle in around me as my mind wrapped itself around what my caller had said in Latin. First, do no harm. So that was an excerpt from uh, book one in the Spectrum Trilogy entitled The Darkness. Um, one of the questions I get asked time and time again is, when did you know you were going to become a published writer? And if I tell the truth, I didn't think that I was. I was always um, writing short stories to entertain my friends and it was just a hobby. I really wasn't seriously thinking about um, a writing career. And when I wrote The Darkness, that's all that I wrote. I thought that my story was finished. And so um, fast forward uh, a few years after I wrote the short story called The Darkness, I was working in a shipyard in Seattle. And as I was making friends with the guys in the shops um, and just around the shipyard, um, you know, people found out that I wrote. And then some of the guys were telling me that I should go and talk to the welding instructor because he was already a published author, a pretty distinguished one, but they didn't tell me that at first. I found out this later that he had won um, like almost $500,000 in various prize monies and, and grants and, and things like that. So, um, but for some reason I didn't seek him out. Um, I had been, to, you know, been told about him for a couple of times and I kind of just, brushed it off or I, I don't know why I didn't um, go to his classroom but what happened was the guy started telling him about me and so one day he comes up to me 
Um, and he's like, hey, I, I heard that you wrote. Uh, would you mind if I take a look at some of uh, your work? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll bring you something tomorrow. And so I brought him the darkness. And um, he had to commute on the ferry. So he, on the way home, um, on the ferry, he read it. And then he gave it to his wife, who was also um, an award-winning editor, and she read it too. When he came back to work the next day, I am, you know, doing my regular stuff, getting ready to work, and uh, uh, let me paint this picture for you. This guy is, I'm um, like 6'4", um, the bluest of eyes, a real big man, uh, very, like, invoking of, like, a Viking, the kind of man you would think would be working in a shipyard, right? And so he storms over to me, and he um, was like, you need to quit your fucking job and start taking your writing seriously. This is not a short story. You're a lazy writer. He's like, you are wasting your time here. Now, me, I copped an attitude. I was thinking to myself, there is no way you are going to talk to me like this. And at first, I didn't really hear what he said. I was too mad. And, and of course, um, it was just it was just an unsettling exchange to have like such a big guy telling me to like quit my job. Um, and but that's what stuck. So by the time lunchtime came around and I was a, somewhat calmer, I was really thinking about what he said. He did not tell me to quit my day job. He, so by the time lunchtime rolled around, you know, I had, I was really like, the things that he said to me was really starting to settle in. Uh, normally when people uh, think that you're not good at something, they tell you don't quit your day job, right? He said the exact opposite. He told me to quit my job and I was making like 56 bucks an hour at the time. And that was the last thing I was thinking about doing right was quitting my job. And he didn't say that I was a bad writer. He said that I was a lazy one. And that stung a bit because, um, you know, I, I don't think I'm the only person who writes who thinks that, um, at least in the very beginning, or at least when the manuscript is done, that like, I've written the best thing since like the Bible or something, right? I'm not gonna um, <laughs> act like I'm like, oh, it's just not good. I, I just, um, I know I know that I can tell a real good story. So when he said that I was a lazy writer, um, no one had ever told me that before. So I was like, what? <laughs> and so um, a couple of weeks later, I found an editor on Craigslist because I was like, okay, if, if he thinks that I'm a lazy writer, I'm going to have to like really uh, work on um, figuring out how to become an author, right? And so, um, but in that time, before I got an, an author, like I started to flesh out the darkness a little bit. And so by the time I, I um, found this author on Craigslist, Rebecca, I had a significant amount of material. Um, I think I was writing like between like four and 600 pages a day. Um, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm sorry, uh, four to 600 words a day. So like by the time I finally um, reached her, I had like maybe 20 chapters in or so and so she was a technical writer and she was excited to uh, start branching out of her career she wanted to do some uh, nonfiction and so I told her the gist and I told her that you know I just wanted her to uh, line edit um, because I don't know where the commas go and fix the typos and so 
and then I would like give her more pages as the story fleshed itself out and so she's like fine and so um she got halfway through it and there's a scene in the darkness where it unsettled her so much that she decided that she wasn't going to be able to uh, work with me anymore just because of the, the uh the way this scene affected her and so she calls me and she's like and explains everything but she's like i'm not going to just kick you to the curb i want you to meet someone else and so I go to where she's at, like I'm in like jeans and flip flops. I have two pieces of giant bubble bubble gum in my mouth, you know, blowing bubbles as big as my face. And, and I walk into what I thought was just gonna be like, hi, this is, you know, your new editor. And it was actually a business meeting. And so um, <laughs> I was asked like, do you know how this story ends? And I was like, not only do I know how it ends, I've already started writing the second part of this book like it's it's there's a part two and it ended up being actually a, a trilogy as you guys know and then right then and there uh she was like okay we will make our money back with you and she just flipped over like this paper like she had like these stacks of paper in front of her and she flipped them so that they were facing me and she slid them across the desk and it was basically a book contract and so I was so stunned, you guys, because that's not what I was expecting, right? I wasn't thinking about becoming an author, and here it is, right in my lap. Um, and just kind of stunned, I just signed the contract, not really uh, looking over it, just because I was just, you know, in shock. Like, I was like, is this really happening? And so I leave out of that office, and I get in my car, and I call my mom. And I'm like, um, I just signed a book deal. And my mom was like, oh, okay, well, are you coming to dinner? Because I'm making you, like, my favorite uh, side dishes. Um, uh, it's a potato dish that has, like, potatoes, um, bacon, and string beans. And I like a lot of potatoes in that side dish. So she was like, I'm making this for you. You want extra potatoes? And I was thinking, did you just hear what I said? I, I, I just signed a book deal. I, of course, I didn't tell her that. I was just thinking that. And of course I agreed to go to dinner and then I called my sister um, who basically uh, reacted the same way, not surprised at all. She's like, oh yeah, that's that's awesome. It's about time. I'm like, what? About time? And then when I told my best friend, it was the same thing. And I think what shocked me the most, like um, he was the very first person who didn't know me from Adam, who had no emotional investment in me, tell me that I had potential. I had always been hearing it by my friends and my family, but those are my friends and my family, right? You're, they're supposed to tell you you're good at something. And I think that's how so many people end up uh, crying in front of the Judge Simon because all their friends and family told them that they were good at something and they believed that. And <laughs> I did believe that I was good, um, you know, because I'm not humble, <laughs> not even a little bit, but to hear it from someone who wasn't invested in me changed everything. And so not only was he right, I was a lazy writer because that, that story that I thought was over ended up being a trilogy with over 800,000 words um, six months after the first book was published, I was an international award winner. And so I, it just happened kind of 
by happenstance or is it serendipity? <laughs> I'm not really sure, but like it just kind of like fell into my lap. And so that's how, that's the story. That's the origin story of me, um, you know, becoming a published author. I, I, I just didn't think, I just wasn't thinking about writing as a career growing up, even though I was always telling spooky, creepy little stories as far as anyone could remember. So, um, yeah, to answer like that question, um, and I'm sure that I'm going to be asked again, like, I just didn't, I just didn't know <laughs> that I was good, that I would be here. Like, if you had told me that, like, when I was still like sailing as a merchant seaman, that one day I would be a published author, you know, speaking on panels, podcasting, reviewing movies and like meeting fans at conventions. I, I don't think I would have even could have even conceived of that because that's just not where my headspace was at that time. So that's how, that's how I got here. And, uh, not only that, but by you guys, because the way that you guys support me and show up for me and the way that you guys like reach out to me, the reviews, of course, buying the books and like meeting me in public. And it's just, it's been a whirlwind and I'm, I'm having a blast. I'm loving every day of this. I'm loving every day of this. So you guys, um, again, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I just wanted to, uh, you know, get this podcast out for you guys. Uh, it's our official, official podcast. And uh, I will see you guys here next week. Okay, guys. Ciao. Hello again, dear listener. I trust your time here was enjoyable. As you await with bated breath for the next episode, may I suggest that you wander down the other corridors within the horror den. Subscribe, follow, like, and share at From the Author on Twitter, Notes from the Author on Instagram, Notes from the Author on TikTok, Wordsmith Crystal Connor on YouTube, and www.wordsmithcrystalconnor.com for the website. And, of course, you can come back here as many times as you like.